coronavirus has changed all of our lives. But how will it impact our future? Does this change everything? I am Alar Tankler. On this episode of Does This Change Everything? We will tackle the question of what could be the coronavirus's impact on digital infrastructure and digital industries. Now, a lot of us have experienced the immediate impact in this area. Uh, For me, for example, I'm conducting my work um, as well as recording this podcast from the home office using broadband connections for meetings and all that. But what could be the broader impact longer term? Will we switch to digital in many areas of our lives because it's safer or because we've just now found out that it's so much more convenient? And how does the digital ecosystem around us need to adapt to this? So with me today is Benoit Denis, who's the European Investment Bank's senior economist in digital infrastructure. So Benoit, has the coronavirus changed everything for the digital world? Well, uh, there is no doubt that the coronavirus crisis will have a considerable impact on uh, the information and communication technology market. I mean, when manufacturers' plants close or hotel reservations are are down to zero, we can imagine that IT projects that are not absolutely necessary are stopped or at least paused on on a large front. Um, In addition, many purchases of of new IT equipment will likely be postponed for for the time being. However, the the importance of digital infrastructures and solutions appear clear for resilience, notably in case of a pandemic like the one you experience now. You just mentioned it, you yourself work at home now and we are recording this this audio um, from home. So suppliers whose um, activities are, are linked to the digital work place experienced strong demand since the outbreak. So for instance, the growing number of home workers increased demand for solutions and equipment in order to be able to work remotely. So this applies not only to the purchase of laptops with the corresponding software licenses, but also to the installation of necessary infrastructure, including VPN access and security solutions. We can uh, highlight also that uh, all cloud-based collaborative tools are now experiencing exponential demand with large accounts that are quickly needed. So Benoit, help me understand how companies are managing this increased demand. Um, uh, are they having to plug in new additional servers to, to, uh, to increase this cloud capacity or what does it mean in practice? So. Most companies were not prepared for, for having 100% of their staff teleworking at a single moment. So companies or public administrations would dimension um, their IT systems for having maximum 20-30% of their staff working remotely. So obviously they need to increase the bandwidth of their internet connections. Um, very often if part of the staff is working with desktop computers, we need to equip them with with laptops. Uh, Obviously, all those laptops need to be equipped with the necessary um, software licenses, uh, including also uh, security uh, solutions. And then the whole VPN, so the access that we are using to connect to the servers have to be increased as well. So there is an immediate response which requires significant investments. Mm-hmm. And do you think 
this, you know, since companies now, a lot of companies and organizations have now made those investments, do you think these will be there, you know, to stay? Do you think people and com companies will continue to make use of those, um, those additional resources that they've put in place now, even after the, the coronavirus crisis will hopefully at some point um, um, pass? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the world will never be uh, as before, including in the digital sectors. Um, we understand better today that digital infrastructures and digital solutions are a factor of, um, of resilience in case of pandemics, but it can also be the case in, of uh, an economic downturn or, or a cyber attack. So obviously, um, there would be um, a strong trend towards being better equipped um, for now and for the future. Um, there is also a whole lot of, of services that we are adopting, uh, which will certainly stay for longer. Uh, for instance, some companies have been reluctant to allow their staff to work uh, remotely, uh, even if the climate change benefits are, are identified as high. So today, people equipped with the right tools are demonstrating that it is possible to work efficiently from anywhere. Um, likewise, uh, the financial, economic, and, and social benefits of telemedicine have long been demonstrated, but still many countries did not allow the reimbursement of those teleconsultations. So in a matter of a few days when the pandemic arrived, notably in Europe, those benefits were suddenly understood and telecom teleconsultations are now eligible in many countries for reimbursement. So I doubt that this will change after the outbreak. We are really taking um, a change in how we consider IT solutions as um, a tool for, for, for resilience. And of course, uh, people, you know, the, the users and the clients of different services who were maybe reluctant to uh, to try out new new services or new ways of uh, of um, living living their lives, they have been now been forced into isolation, and they're forced to try uh, to try these new ways of uh, working and living, and uh, they might actually enjoy it do you think do you think that their experiences might be fairly positive in that sense well um we are working in, in very difficult situations at, at, at the moment obviously you know kids are at home uh, uh, getting supplies it's not always uh, easy and we are f fully limited in 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 any human inter interaction that we have so we are we went to the worst case scenario um but but again, um, we are demonstrating that um, it is possible to remain operational uh, in a in a more digital manner. Um, so definitely, people are taking new habits. Um, some people may have been very reluctant to have um, meetings over the phone or over uh, video conferences, uh, even in the office, uh, they, they may increase uh, their use. They understand that it's, uh, it's a way of working that, that, that actually um, delivers quality. Um, so, so definitely, it, it will be a big step uh, into a, a more digital uh, economy. Now, Benoit, can you explain a little bit what you think will be the necessary steps to uh, to adapt to this new reality 
from from the industry's point of view. I mean, we've seen, you know, we've we've had these stories in the press about how how some service providers are having to, you know, limit the quality of uh, limit the quality of Netflix connections because there's just so much demand right now that uh, that this, that the infrastructure cannot cope with all all the demand, and you know, obviously, five uh, G is something that's expected to provide a lot of lot more bandwidth and lot you know better connections, speedier connections in the future. But what what else do you think that the that the industry and the especially maybe on the infrastructure side they have to think about um, based on this experience? Well, the, the ICT industry usually adapts fairly rapidly to changing environments, and and this comes from the fact that apart from the infrastructure, which you know, demand grows exponentially all the time. Uh, the industry is highly dematerialized. Many of the assets are intangible and can be adapted. And you've just mentioned the, the, the example of Netflix, uh, which is able to reduce uh, the quality of uh, the video streams in order to limit uh, bandwidth. Um, so there will be some adaptations, but those are, are, are accessible. But I think most importantly, the ICT industry will support all other industries to, to adapt to this new situation, mitigate risks that were often unforeseen before and, and, and secure uh, resilience. So those investments would be beneficial in case is again of, of pandemic outbreaks but any other crisis that that we we, we may face but you, you you are right to point out to uh, the, the infrastructure because um, again the, the, the global pandemic outbreak we, we are experiencing now has, has brought the world's digital divide into focus so the internet is a vital communication tool for people and, and communities affected by the pandemic but we should not forget that not everyone has access to uh, to the internet. Um, in the world, uh, there are 3.6 billion people who remain offline, and even in Europe, only about half of rural households have access to high-speed broadband. So again, the crisis highlighted the importance of digital infrastructures and the potential severity of the digital divide. I mean, as an example, as schools and, and, and workplaces close, those without reliable access to the internet are unable to access education uh, content or are unable to, to, to work remotely as uh, people who are in, in rural areas. Likewise, uh, other people may not have access to teleconsultation services. So in in recent weeks, the the use of those services have have spurred for 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 good reasons. I mean, first people fear getting infected, going to crowded medical centers, and uh, secondly, uh, the medical staff need to prioritize people that uh, they consult uh, physically. So people without broadband connection may miss critical medical advices and and services. And obviously, this is not um, a situation that 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 we should accept. So this digital divide um, is more than ever before uh, under the spotlight, and, and we will have to drive investments in, uh, in, this, uh, in this area. I mean, on the infrastructure, we should not only consider telecommunication infrastructures. Um, in, a, in a situation as, as the one we experience now, we see that the digital healthcare system clearly facilitates the pandemic response by you know, enhancing surveillance and, and control activities and by facilitating the exchange of information. 
So significant investments may have to be done also on, on that front. And obviously, the European Investment Bank is uh, is probably well placed to to um, to be involved in those investments. Are you are you uh, preparing to to have a lot more work in in the, in the coming months and years? Well, the EIB is uh, the international financial institution with the largest exposure in the digital sector. So obviously, we will have a major role to play. Um, we, we have good experience financing digital infrastructures uh, and, and we have uh, used and, and set up innovative instruments to address uh, this, this market across Europe and outside of Europe. So obviously we will certainly continue on, 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 the, on that front. And um, on the digital solutions uh, front as well, um, we have been very active already in the recent years. and we can see that we will be more and more uh, solicited to, to that front. Um, we already have some, uh, some clients, notably banks, who called us highlighting that they are not able to operate uh, in, a, in a remote manner. Uh, they are not equipped for it. Um, so they clearly need to quickly um, invest in, in uh, such solutions. Uh, and I do believe that, that EIB, with its expertise, on both financing infrastructures and solutions will have to play a major role in the EU and outside the EU. Well, thank you very much, Benoit. Um, this was Benoit Denis, Senior Economist in the Digital Infrastructure Division at the European Investment Bank. And this was, does this change everything from the European Investment Bank, the EU Bank? Mm-hmm.